Welcome to another podcast of Airsoft Medicine. This one is another one done for CQB Radio. It actually was done in two segments because it was so long. It was over a half hour total length. So I cut it up, put it into two different months, and it was on animal threats or animal safety. Uh, that was suggested by Carpet CQB Radio. And so we went through all pretty much the entire animal kingdom that could be a threat to you while playing at least on land. Uh, in North America, we had to limit it. I hope you enjoy this. If you are downloading us off of iTunes, I do ask that you rate the podcast on iTunes. That helps us out. And I want to let you know how to get a hold of more information or contact us. It's at airsoftmedicine.com. And also, you can find me on Facebook as Dr. Airsoft. Let's get right into the show. Airsoft Extreme. Whether you need an AEG rifle, a gas blowback rifle, or a gas blowback pistol, Airsoft Extreme is the place to go. Try them out and to buy them. Airsoft Extreme carries all the major brands of guns, tactical gear, BBs, whatever it is you need to play, go to Airsoft Extreme. So the only thing you need to remember is AirsoftExtreme.com. Thanks, Carp, for having me back on the show. It's always great to be here, and uh, it's good to be behind the microphone again. It's been a while. Uh, we are going to talk about critters this time. Uh, it does relate to safety and airsoft because uh, animals that are out there on the field, if you're playing uh, woods ball, uh, sometimes if you're playing CQB in a f- facility that's open to the outside, there can be animals that can be a concern to people playing airsoft so uh, we'll start out with uh, the small things and work our way up to bigger things this subject is so big that i have to divide it into two separate segments one for this month one for next month maybe we'll call them critters one and critters two Uh, this month we'll be talking about arthropods which includes spiders uh, insects Uh, next time we will jump in with the snakes and lizards the reptiles and mammals so let's get started Arthropod envenomations, uh, that would be your bees, wasps, and ants, which are all of the order called Hymenoptera. If you uh, were not able to avoid them, which is what you should do in the first place, and if uh, they get you in a place where you're not wearing some loose covering around your body, some um, BDUs that uh, usually do the job because of the way they fit on you, uh, wasps can't get right to your skin or bees, the, uh, the first treatment, once you do get stung, is to uh, remove the stinger. And it matters how quick you get it out. Even a few seconds can make a difference. And, of course, uh, there's all sorts of descriptions of methods for doing it. You, you're being careful not to squeeze the, the venom sac to get more in if it's from a honeybee, for example. Well, actually, a honeybee is the only one that's going to leave its stinger in you. Uh, that really doesn't matter. What matters is getting the stinger out fast. Uh, so whatever it takes, get it out. There's also a, a lot of home remedies have been recommended, things like baking soda paste or, or meat tenderizer. Uh, for the most part, these are dubious va- of dubious value, except for the meat te- uh, tenderizer is often regarded as effective. And then once you do have a, a sting, uh, there's some topical anesthetics uh, or uh, sting sticks, as they're called. They're, they're thought to be of little value. Um, or, or same thing with aspirin paste, which may actually prolong the uh, duration of redness of the skin. What does seem to be helpful is a local antihistamine, like a, a, a Benadryl-type lotion, um, something else called triple enamine may be helpful. 
taking Benadryl or diphenhydramine by mouth, uh, 25 or 50 milligrams for adults, seems to be helpful. You can take that every six hours. Uh, the ants, interesting thing. Where I am in California, people, at least kids, oftentimes will talk about, uh, look out for the red ants, they'll bite you. Well, this is different from the fire ants of Texas that actually sting with a stinger, just like uh, the wasps and the bees. And specifically, they will bite onto a part of your body, and then they'll make this little circle. So there'll be this arc of um, where its stinger has gone in. And so it'll hit you, you know, maybe three different times as it bites on in the center and makes this little circle around with its uh, butt end stinging you. Moving on to uh, venomous caterpillars. There's actually 16 families of venomous caterpillars. We do have them in the United States. Uh, these are usually kind of a broad, flat, and sluggish type of, of animal. Some of them will even have on the back surface a dense covering of long hairs. Others may be spiny and bright, conspicuous colorings. Uh, some are highly camouflaged. The most important one in the United States is the pus caterpillar. It's in the uh, southeastern United States. Um, I guess I shouldn't say uh, southeastern. It's from west through most of Texas and all the way up north to Maryland. Uh, hits Missouri on the way up there. This is a, a hairy, flat, ovoid caterpillar. can get up to uh, almost one and a half inches long. The envenomation usually occurs when this uh, bug just simply touches you. They cling to vegetation, and so if you're walking along through the woods, you can brush up against them. Again, a reason to wear the long sleeves. Uh, they can drop onto bare skin. Direct contact with a live insect will cause uh, what's called an instant nettling pain, which uh, means it's like the, the pain of nettles, a stinging pain, followed by redness and swelling. Uh, the pus caterpillar shows a characteristic gridiron pattern where it hits you. And it'll be little hemorrhagic pinpoint uh, bumps, uh, red bumps. In typical cases, there's no systemic symptoms, meaning whole body. It's just locally where it got you. And, and symptoms usually uh, subside within 24 hours. Prompt application uh, of some kind of adhesive tape or commercial facial peel on them. And then removing that will help to remove the spines uh, because they, they can stick in you. And then afterwards, you can just put on some over-the-counter hydrocortisone ointment. Um, but that's not necessarily any better than just plain old calamine lotion or phenol. Uh, you can also take oral antihistamines. Again, that's your uh, Benadryl or the generic name is diphenhydramine. And sometimes people will need pain medicine for it. Another type of critter, uh, centipedes and millipedes. Millipedes is pretty simple because uh, there, there's just not a whole lot that they do in the United States. It's more the tropical regions where you get the millipedes that have... Uh, secretions that can be irritating centipedes though like spiders uh, centipedes have fangs that can penetrate the skin and cause a, a local envenomation usually this is happening in the southern united states uh, fatalities are almost unknown however uh, a death in the united states was re recently mentioned in the medical literature but the lo location and other details weren't given treatment for centipede bites would be again the antihistamines and the local uh, cortisone may help a little bit. Another uh, type of animal, the diptera, which is uh, two-winged flies, including mosquitoes, they are important because they can carry bad things. Uh, from in, in the United States, anyways, from mosquitoes, you can get 
eastern equine encephalitis. You can get western equine encephalitis. You can get St. Louis encephalitis, lacrosse encephalitis, and West Nile virus, which also causes hand encephalitis. So it's important to protect yourself against the uh, the uh, two-winged flies, including uh, the, the mosquitoes. Treatment, or, or I'm sorry, prevention is avoiding their habitat, and that would be mostly standing water. Uh, the time of day they're out, which is right around sunset, uh, a couple hours around there. Uh, if you wait until after, you, you do okay. Keeping yourself covered. And then uh, we'll go into more detail at, at the end of the podcast about things you can do uh, as far as using specific repellents. Another type of uh, bug that can be a problem are fleas. Uh, that's not, I guess I shouldn't say that's a real significant um, airsoft problem. Uh, they can be a problem though because it can carry plague. Of course, animals that are in the outdoors that you can come across can have these uh, plague-carrying fleas, and it does exist in the United States. Uh, there are cases that do occur from time to time, so um, it's not a good idea to be too chummy with the uh, the wildlife that could be carrying fleas. way that you uh, protect yourself from the ticks, which can in the United States carry Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, Colorado Tick Fever, Relapsing Fever, Ehrlichiosis, Babesiosis, Tularemia, Tick Paralysis, Rickettsial Pox, uh, is to keep yourself covered. And there are some uh, repellents, uh, specifically the ones that contain DEET, should work on the ticks, whereas some of the other repellents won't, and we'll get into those in a little bit here. Uh Flies, flies can actually carry tularemia, leishmaniasis, so uh, even the biting flies can carry disease. Chiggers can carry rickettsial pots, you, pox. You folks in the Midwest uh, know what chiggers are and that you need to keep your skin covered to keep from getting them. Also avoiding the, the, uh, the brush that's not cut where they can be. As far as the repellents for the, the bugs, you've got the DEET that I mentioned earlier, which is good. It works. Uh, there's a lot of people who have concerns about it, uh, particularly with neurologic toxicity. So you, you do want to just have it on the uh, skin and then wash it off after you use it, not have it on the close to the face if you can avoid it. Uh, there's another one called picaridin that's becoming quite popular and actually does seem to be a little bit better and safer than the DEET. And then there's some botanical repellents. These are the natural substances. This is like your citronella and your eucalyptus, which both really don't seem to work worth anything. Uh, and then there's one called Bite Blocker, which is a brand name. And in studies, it, it actually does seem to be pretty decent. Uh, not good for tick repellent, but for the mosquitoes. Uh, if, if you really want to use a natural product, you're concerned about the uh, the chemicals, try that Bite Blocker. They sent me a, a sample package once. And, uh, it has a funny smell to it, though. Um, of course, so does the chemical type. Spiders, uh, the arachnids. Uh, spiders in the United States, we have two main spider types the, that are problems uh, and are, are venomous to humans and cause significant injury. One is the brown recluse. And the problem with that is there's no specific antidote to it. It's just supportive treatment. So a, a person that gets a significant brown recluse bite, this is a, a real thin looking brown spider, sometimes called the fiddleback because it actually looks like a violin on the back of it. If you look at its markings, it causes tremendous tissue destruction where it bites. And uh, like I said, there's nothing you can do about it. There, there were some studies that were done where they would actually cut the bite area of the skin out in hopes that the venom wouldn't spread and then cause this horrible destruction. 
Well, that didn't work. You still got the destruction or, or, or you had to cut out so big of an area that it was the same size as how much tissue destruction there would be. People often, people often have to have uh, skin grafts, you know, plastic surgery to uh, uh, take care of this. I, I live in the West now, California. When I was in residency in emergency medicine in Kansas City, I saw significant uh, brown recluse injuries from bites, lots of tissue destruction. They say that they have the, the brown recluse here in California, but I'll tell you, uh, the, the bites attributed to brown recluse here are nothing like the ones I saw in Missouri. Uh, black widow spiders, uh, significant uh, envenomations. Uh, we do have an anti-venom for that, so if somebody does get bit, uh, we do recommend that they get in to get seen in the emergency department and get treatment for that, uh, possibly including anti-venom. Uh, smaller uh, people, children, uh, young children can get severely sick from black widow envenomations. Both the black widow and the brown recluse. They uh, Brown recluse is called recluse for a reason. These spiders are in the uh, dark areas, uninhabited areas. They're under the wood pile. They're in the basement, up in the attic. They're in places where you're not usually going, and they uh, don't like to be bothered. Uh, but if you stick your hand in where they are, they'll go ahead and bite you. The uh, scorpions uh, that we have in the United States, there, there's a couple of them we talk about. One is called the, the bark scorpion, and that's a significant public health problem in Arizona. About 10% of their uh, poison control calls down in the Phoenix area are related to scorpion stings. Interesting thing, they, they uh, came up with this thing called the, the tap test to see if somebody really got stung by the uh, bark scorpion, if, if it's unsure. Uh, its reliability has, is not the best, but uh, this is how they do it. As the patient's distracted, the doctor will tap right on the spot where they got stung. <laughs> and if they greatly exacerbate the pain, then that's a positive sign that, yeah, that was probably the bark scorpion. I, I don't think that's a very nice test. Uh, I, I don't plan on using it <laughs> to determine if someone actually got stung by that particular uh, scorpion. They do recommend hospital treatment for this, uh, even though there's not a specific anti-venom. Uh, it's no longer produced. Uh, I'm sure there's a story behind that, but I don't know it. But uh, there are things that can be done in a hospital setting to uh, support a person who's been stung by the bark scorpion. Then we also have uh, these heavy-bodied scorpions native to North America called the giant hairy scorpion because of their uh, their size and these conspicuous bristles they have on them. Uh, both Scorpion types uh, that are probably in the United States are, are brown, kind of a, a tan color and then some brown markings on its backside. The uh, giant hairy scorpion is native to Arizona, California, parts of Utah, Nevada, Idaho. That's all we have time for this month. But uh, next month, come back and you'll be able to hear more about critters that can be a problem with when you're out playing airsoft. Specifically, we'll be talking about snakes, lizards, mammals, uh, big creatures, much bigger than what we talked about this time. Until then, I encourage all of you to uh, get familiar with my website, airsoftmedicine.com. Subscribe to my uh, YouTube channel, which is Auburn Medical Group. And also become a fan or like me on Facebook, which is just simply Dr. Airsoft. Until next month, when we come back and talk about reptiles and mammals, this is Dr. Airsoft saying, play safely. 
Spartan Imports Incorporated is one of North America's largest distributors of premium quality airsoft products for military training and recreational purposes. Our major product lines have full warranties, and we offer comprehensive in-house, dealer, and consumer technical support. Among the many brands and items we carry, Spartan Imports is the exclusive distributor of Magpul licensed PTS airsoft products, Classic Army and Javelin brands of airsoft guns, and Amp Tactical and Mag brands of high-quality airsoft and recreational shooting optics and accessories.